This is Financially Fit Radio with Corey Sickles from Safe Harbor Retirement Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Corey provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Financially Fit Radio with Corey Sickles. Hello and welcome back to Financially Fit Radio. My name is Corey Sickles from Safe Harbor Retirement Group and Wealth Advisors. If you'd like more information about what you hear on our show today, just give us a call at 614-760-0670 or feel free to visit us online at safeharboroh.com. While you're on our website, feel free to click on that radio page. You can check out some past shows and subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, feel free to check out our YouTube page. Just type in Safe Harbor Retirement Group. You need to watch some different types of videos on financial topics. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you have any questions or if you want to set up a face-to-face or even a virtual meeting, and remember, all meetings are complimentary and there's no obligations. Well, over the last six weeks, I've been doing a little mini series on basically the essentials for a secure retirement. We've talked about social security, income planning, asset allocation and risk tolerance, tax-free income, healthcare, seeking professional help. And today we're gonna talk about legacy and estate planning. So uh, before, the nice, the other thing that we do have today is we have a special guest here, uh, Robert Hendricks, who's going to is an attorney here locally in uh, Columbus, and we're going to be able to talk with him and ask him some questions about estate planning. But before we get started with that, let me introduce to you my co-host this week and every week, and that's Tony Shore. Tony, how are you today? I am doing great. Thanks for asking, Corey. And I'm really excited to talk to Robert today. This is something that uh, my wife have been going through, you know, as our parents get older and we get older. Um it's just something that uh, I think we all have to deal with. We all get older, but uh, a lot of people put this off, this discussion, and they aren't, they don't properly plan. And so uh, this is really huge and really important uh, as we get older or our loved ones get older. So I'm excited about today's show. I've had a great week. It's just been really busy and kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, good to be here on the show with you, Corey. How are things going there? Things are good here in Columbus, Tony. You know, we had our first little uh, snowfall. Now, yeah, we no, did nothing too, accumulated. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, uh, you know, l- doing a lot of leaf. You know, blowing a lot of leaves <laughs> right now in my yep. yard. Still, I have a big oak tree, and it seems like there's still a lot of a lot of leaves in that thing. Wait, waiting for that thing to come down. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, busy here in the office. It seems like fourth quarter is always busy. I have a lot of clients that are retiring. Yeah. Are yeah. going to retire in January or February. So getting them come in, you know, come through here. It's still AEP time for, for Medicare. So, you know, we're pretty busy here at the office, you know, working with clients in order to uh, reevaluate all their Medicare plans too. So um, it, it has been a, it's, it's a pretty busy time of the year. Kind of looking forward to the holidays. It's hard to believe we're already here mid-November the end of November. Um, and, uh, it's hard to believe that. Yeah, it is. Time flies when you're having fun, but both our football teams won this weekend, at least the, 
the Buckeyes and the Vikings, right? Oh, yeah. It is the best time of the year. Yeah. Michigan week's coming up, and uh, then we have the, we'll have the Big Ten Championship, and, you know, looking forward to that, and then the bowl game. Yeah, that'll be great. Well, uh, let's let's jump into this. Uh, let's uh, meet our special guest here. Yeah. Uh, for, for all of our listeners out there, I want to introduce to you uh, Bob Hendricks. Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. So I've been working, we've been working with Bob, I would probably say five or six years. And, uh, you know, one of the things I kind of want to just kind of talk about in general, Bob, before we kind of get started and, and is, is really this is what documents do, you know, our listeners or our, you know, clients and prospects really need to have in order, you know, in order to get their estate planning, you know, in place. Well, the first thing I recommend to everyone before we even get to wills and that kind of stuff, I believe I call the three living documents. Everybody over the age of 18 uh, should have a durable power of attorney for financial and legal affairs. They should have a healthcare power of attorney uh, for medical, what I like to call, it handles A to Y, everything but turn the machines off. And then of course, the third one is the one everybody knows, the living will, and I like to call that Z, turn the machines off, pull the plug, whatever funny phrase people like. But everyone, and the reason is there's a federal law, this is not just state, there's a federal law called the HIPAA law that says whether you're single or married, once you turn 18, no one ever again has any legal or financial rights over you. Uh, And so everyone, single or married, uh, should have these three. I always say these three documents give back what HIPAA took away. Yeah, and I think that's a, you know, a, a a good start for our discussion today. But I can tell you this, the number one question I always get when someone comes into my office and, and uh, you know, for our listeners out there, the main thing here is, is of course, I'm not an attorney, but I, I do want to make sure that all, you know, all of my clients and prospects, you know, have all their estate planning, in, you know, in order and in place. And I, I need to be able to recognize that. So, of course, one of the things I do when you do come in and meet with me for, for the first time is we're going to talk about your legal, whether or not you have that in place. But the number one question I always get, Bob, is what's the difference between a will or a trust and do I need it? Well, basically, the first thing I tell everyone is everyone over the age of 18 should have some type of will. There's more than one type. Most people don't know that. Uh, so that should be your basic estate planning document. I often tell my clients, that's like the foundation of your house. It holds the house up. Uh, and then the question is, should I go to the next step and add a trust? Well, first of all, if you have minor children, you must have a trust uh, because they can't inherit life insurance, annuities, IRAs, they're too young, which means it'll go to the probate court for the court to control, and nobody wants that. Uh, and then the second one is, is that uh, we also recommend a trust for anybody who have assets. My rule of thumb is over $200,000 because a trust is a non-probate asset, which means no one will ever know what happened to your assets. Uh, but then you get into the question, what type of trust? There's more than one type. Yeah, so let me ask you a real, real quick question. When you say $200,000 worth of assets, mm-hmm. are you also including that as a house? I do include the house because uh, you know, most a lot of married couples think if I just do everything joint survivor with my spouse, um, I'm done. And they don't take into account that when the first spouse dies, the second spouse is single. And now that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I always uh, also get questions about is the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust. And, and really, what, what's the benefits 
of of each of those. If you can want to just maybe talk about that sure. real quick. Sure. Basically, uh, trusts have one thing in common, all trusts. They do not go through probate court. They're not controlled by the judge. Um, but the revocable trust, I like to call it my Dodge Ram truck trust. But what I mean by that is it does the hard work, the heavy lifting. Uh, that's the trust I use probably 75, 80% of the time uh, where clients can avoid probate, protect their assets. Uh, and very important for those of us like me who have grandchildren, protect the grandchildren if a child dies first. Sometimes as my mother used to say, people die in the wrong order. The irrevocable trust uh, is, a, is a trust I use often. Uh, I, by the way, I like to call it the KP trust. That's my nickname for keep it. Uh, that's for trust for people who are concerned about nursing homes, spend down. Uh, if I go to a nursing home, all my assets are gonna be taken away and my kids will get nothing. Uh, and so the irrevocable trust also avoids probate, also protects the kids and grandkids uh, from probate court. But it also has the added feature in that in, once the trust has been in place for five years, and very important, I know we're gonna talk about this, Corey, but funded, it has to be funded uh, with your assets. Um, then once it's in there for five years, um, then that assets are protected from the nursing home spend down rules. You, they cannot touch those assets. So uh, just so for our listeners out there too, Bob, explain, explain, explain the five-year rule because I don't think you actually have to wait the total five years. That's correct. Uh, the five-year rule is a basic rule that assets have to be out of your name for at least five years for the nursing home slash Medicaid not to be able to attach them. But the nice thing about using a KP irrevocable trust is it's not five years and we fall off the cliff and we parachute to safety. What it is, is it's a six step, it's a, a staircase of 60 steps. So each month you're 160th protected. So if we only made it three years, 60% of the way, uh, the assets are 60% protected. So some of my clients will say, well, what if I can't make the five years? Every month uh, we're 160th better than we were last month. And, and what kind of assets you know, can we actually put in, I'm, I'm gonna say in general, into a, it doesn't really matter whether it's a revocable or, or a irrevocable trust. That's true. Uh, generally, um, with a revocable trust, because we're just, um, we're trying to avoid probate and protect the kids and grandkids, uh, we always put the house in the trust uh, to protect that. Now, your life insurance, those types of things, annuities, um, investment accounts, uh, we can make the beneficiary of the trust. Now with the IRA, that's a the horse of a different color. Uh, you have to be very careful in your planning and I highly recommend clients work very closely with someone like yourself, Corey, because if you set those up wrong, it can cause immediate taxation. Yeah, and just for our listeners out there, when he's, you know, he says IRAs, but we're also really talking 401ks, thrift, you know, thrift savings plans, 403bs, anything that's gonna be taxable um, when you do take money out of it, you know, at some point in time. So, so Bob, so what do you think the uh, number one mistake just people in general make about not, you know, just about setting up a will or a trust? Well, I think obviously the easy answer for me would be the number one problem is procrastination. Uh, people put it off. They don't want to talk about it. As Tony made a comment earlier. Uh, they don't want to sit down and have to do this planning. I've had some clients say, gee, now that this is done, I feel it's time to, to pass away. And I'm like, no, yeah. you know, just go on and enjoy life like we never met. Uh, but I do recommend that they review them every two years. Uh, and first of all, I would recommend that they meet with yourself and, rec you know, and go over their whole plan 
and then you can make decisions on whether I need to come in or their attorney needs to come in and uh, uh, update something on the document side. Yeah, that's a good point because one of the things that we try to do with all of our clients is uh, you know review their beneficiaries on an annual basis when we you know at least meet once a year with our clients. And you know part of that is is not only when I say beneficiary, that also is not only the uh, investment accounts we have, but you know how is your trust and will and as as things changed. I, I, you know, the other thing I can also say, Bob, we talk about procrastination, and that is it's a lot easier to deal with all this stuff when you're healthy. The one thing you don't want to do is kind of deal with this stuff when you know your day's coming. You're absolutely right. I've got an appointment today in about two hours with somebody who's called me and they uh, were supposed to see me five years ago. And they've just learned they have a terminal illness and we're sore against the clock. And those are tough discussions to have. Um, and from that standpoint, so yes, it's always nice when you're healthy, but, um, procrastination, if, you know, it, it affects all of us in all kinds of walks of life, but this one is, this one will be, uh, everlasting if you don't get it done. Yeah. And I always, Tony knows this, I always preach this on the show. If you don't have a financial plan today, you need to have one tomorrow. And it's really the same thing with your estate plan. Um, we never know when that day is going to happen and you just want to make sure that, uh, um, everything's in order. So Bob, yeah. real quick, what's up, what's, what's it cost for probate? If something, that, if, if, if the listeners out there don't have anything in, you know, anything today, um, what's the cost of probate? Well, basically it's a, it's a, they start out with flat fees, but it moves very quickly to a percentage. The reason is, is that the attorney is going to take a huge chunk of it to probate the estate and handle the estate. I've seen figures from anywhere from four to 6%. Uh, and of course, that inclu does include the court fees and things. Uh, but then you also, when you go through probate, have to have everything appraised. They're not going to take our word for what that picture on the wall's worth. So everything has to be done. The one thing I do want to mention, uh, talking about should you have a will or a trust, I always tell my couples that are in second marriages. Um, matter of fact, I just did a trust for a man in his fifth marriage. He's like an annuity for me. Uh, but seriously, if you're in a, if you're in a second marriage. <laughs> Uh, if you're in a second marriage, you definitely want to make sure you have a trust because no offense to your spouse, but you don't want a winner take all situation where the last to die's family inherits everything and your family, your kids get nothing. So it's very important in a second, in a second marriage. Robert, um, what is the name of your firm and, uh, how can our listeners, uh, uh you know, talk to you. They can just call Corey, right? And uh, set yeah, up a consultation. That's correct. Uh, it's the Hendricks Law Firm. We're in Dublin, although Ohio's my office. I have a satellite offices around the state. Uh, but the easiest way is to go just contact Corey's office because he is um, uh, nice enough to uh, do a quick review uh, with you as well, just to make sure where we're going to get because he brings me in so I can come in uh, on the run, so to speak, and not flat footed. Uh, sure. So that's the easiest way to do it. And there is no charge for the first meeting, but I always warn my clients, uh, you get what you pay for. <laughs> that's true. You, you definitely do. And here's the important thing. I think a lot of people out there think, well, estate planning is only for the, the ultra wealthy. You know, I'm not a billionaire, but I, I know Corey works with people on, and you work with people all different levels. Um, people have hundreds of millions uh, of dollars saved up to, to those who, uh, are your standard working middle-class folk. Uh, and here's the situation though, no matter who you are or what level you're at financially, 
uh, you all run into the same issues when it comes to uh, estate planning. And we've run into that, my wife and I, with um, my mom and dad and my grand my grandfather's 100 years old and he's going strong. Okay, so wow. Wow. it's interesting because he owns a farm and he's leaving each of his uh, four kids with uh, uh, he's splitting up the land. And when he passes, his will is to leave them. But the thing is, um, my um, uh, my father, my mom has Parkinson's, is needing full time care and long term care eats up a lot of money and they don't have a lot of money of their own. So. When people get uh, older in life and they know that they're going to, you know, pay, be paying $10,000 a month for memory care or long-term care, they might want to leave. They want to make sure that all their money that they have left doesn't go toward that. They want some of that to go to their kids. And uh, Corey and I have talked about this, and I know this is something he helps his clients with, but do you get that situation? Because there are certain rules, right? If you leave money to a child uh, if you want Medicaid or something to cover long-term care, right? You have to, there are certain rules in order to get that money to your kids and things you need to set up ahead of time, right? That's correct. Um, one of the misconceptions is people have is, well, I read where I can give 15000 a year uh, to my children, my grandchildren, and they're right. That's tax-free, but it's not nursing home free. And so if you give that money to your children and you don't follow the rules, uh, then, and you go into a nursing home, uh, they have to give it back. And the nursing home slash, which is really the Medicaid department of the government, they don't care if you already spent the 15,000, they want their money back. So you have to be very careful. And that's why you've got to work with professionals uh, yeah. and not listen to your next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you need an estate planning attorney and to work with a financial services professional like Corey. I mean, this is what you guys do and help your clients do. Uh, and I just think that I wanted to point that out because, you know, we learned that the hard way, um, just, you know, in, on both our parents, my wife's and mine, uh, getting older. So well, Tony, I, and I will tell you, it's, I only work as a team. Uh, that's why I work with somebody like, uh, Corey, cause not everybody, no one has us all the answers. Many times we sure. have to bring a CPA in also. Sure. Um, and so your, you know, your listeners need to listen to work with a team to make this work right. Yeah. Yeah. Another complicated thing, uh, Bob, and I think this is, has to kind of go down the path of talking about minors. Um, I mean, you kind of address that, you know, by, by avoiding guardianship, by having the trust, but some of our listeners out there might have some kids with special needs. Well, it's, I appreciate the question because as, as Corey knows, I have two special needs grandchildren of my own. And it depends on the level of special needs, uh, but you can add provisions to your trust uh, because, and this could be a grandchild. Uh, for example, in my case, if something would happen to my oldest daughter, one fourth of my estate is going to someone who will never even know what money is. Uh, so you have to have special provisions in your trust to protect them so it can be used for them. And also so the government can't take it from them. And, uh, you know, another common question I get from a lot of people too, this is when they kind of go through the, the detail of the actual documents, whether it's a will or a trust, but explain the difference between per stirpes and per capita when we start talking about on how that affects a beneficiary. Sure. There's a couple of Latin terms we still have to use. U.S. attorneys like to use Latin, so no one knows what we're talking about. But per stirpes <laughs> is Latin for follow the tree. So using my own children, I have four daughters, 
that means everything goes from me and my wife to our daughters. And if one of our daughters dies to our grandchildren, their children. Uh, we always, no offense, but we cut out the son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws, what I like to call the outlaws. Uh, the per capita means we're gonna follow the head. And so if something would happen to one of my four daughters and I had per capita in my trust, that means it goes to the other three daughters and my one set of grandchildren are accidentally cut out. So I rarely use per capita uh, and strongly recommend the persterpes follow the tree. And, you know, we, we talked earlier about uh, setting up, you know, benefit, you know, setting up your beneficiaries in the correct way. Um, the one thing that I've, I just want you to kind of validate this for me, but the, the, the three issues that I always see that people um, do not set up the correct way, and that is uh, vehicles, houses, and bank accounts. And, uh, you know, the one, the, the, usually the common question I get back from a client is, well, I got a will. None of that's going to go through probate. I know. I'm constantly asked that question. And I tell people, no, the will takes you through the front door of the probate court. And then they'll say to me, well, I don't want to have a will then. Then you're going through the back door. And the governor has and the judge has a will that you're not going to like. And again, I hate to say this, but especially if you're in a second marriage, uh, you're not going to like it. Uh, so you always want at least the base document of a will and those three living documents. And the other thing I want to mention uh, before, before it slips my mind is in 2018, we had a massive tax law change. And I'm telling all my clients, you need to take and review your financial plan and your estate plan. Uh, if you haven't done it since that tax law change in 2018, there's major changes uh, that could affect uh, your estate plan as well as your financial plan. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the other things that I, I think of when I start just in general about all your legal stuff, and that is, is where do I keep all my documents? What do I actually need to have in case something does happen? Does it, does it need to be original? Can it actually be, uh, you know, a copy or how's that, how's that process work as well? In, in our office, we basically recommend all of our clients uh, keep their original documents in a home safe. Um, you can put them in a fireproof box at the bank, but then sometimes we need them on weekends. People don't always get sick on Monday through Friday. Uh, then also in our office, we keep a second set of originally signed documents because I've had a number of cases of clients passing away, the children couldn't find the documents and I've always got a backup original set. Yep. I think that's uh, valid. And of course, one of the things that we do for all of our clients, um, that, that definitely work with Bob is he gives us an electronic version of it. We upload it into our generational vault and then you do have access to it. And more importantly, your kids can have access to it as well. Um, so, you know, if estate planning is an area that you feel, you know, for our listeners out there that you feel you're kind of lacking in, you know, take a step and get started. You know, trust and wills are not just for the wealthy. They're tools that are that all of us should have, at, you know, as we plan for the future. So, Bob, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And uh, Tony, glad to, you know, have you on here again. Look forward yeah. to our, our show next week. You know, for our listeners out there, again, if you want any more information about what we discussed today, I feel you can just give us a call at 614-760-0670, or you can always visit our website at safeharboroh.com. If you want to discuss, again, any questions about today, or even about the financial plan, again, just give us a call. You know, it's our goal at Safe Harbor to help 
prepared for the retirement you've worked so hard for. And of course, one of the things you need to have is a financial plan and more importantly, an estate and legacy plan as well. All right. Yeah. Great show today, guys. Thank you for joining us today, Robert. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Financially Fit Radio with our host, Corey Sickles. Join us again for another episode of Financially Fit Radio. Thank you for listening to Financially Fit Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Corey Sickles at Safe Harbor Retirement Group. Call 614-760-0670 or visit their website at financiallyfitoh.com. Corey Sickles and Safe Harbor Retirement Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.